Aaron, Kevin Fazek from the New York Post. Why are you running, man? You don't want to stand by what you said? Aaron. At what age did you decide you wanted to uh, be like, a racist like this? Why'd you say those things to those people, Aaron? You feel bad about what you said? Were you just having a bad day? Or are you always this way? Why are you hiding? So you speak Spanish fluently, but you can talk them? Why are you hiding, bud? are freebasing the liquid flannel podcast from arlington texas yeah straight to the dome from arlington texas i'm matthew hodges joining me from omaha nebraska is my friend and co-host brendan williams brendan how you feeling yeah i'm feeling okay i mean you don't have to freebase it i mean you can grind it up i mean you do whatever you need to do to get by is what i'm saying sure no it's good for uh good for pain management non-habit forming (laughs) Which we know because people listen to it one time and then never come back. Boom. <laughs> and from St. Louis, our senior St. Louis correspondent, D Black Rabbit, is back with us. D, you've got a new microphone. You're coming through crystal clear. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing uh, a lot better now that I actually bought a mic instead of just looking at this laptop real hard at the little <laughs> mic hole. Right. Well, you always sounded good, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to producing this one. It's going to be even better. Yeah, making our jobs easy. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm glad you're back with us, too, because there's been some stuff going on in the news that I know that you have some strong feelings about. Uh, Specifically, I think we're going to start off the show tonight talking about, um, well, we can talk about the one big event in this trend of people calling the cops or threatening to call the cops that have just been it seems like we're just hearing all about this on social media lately it seems like there have been i don't know what six seven high profile examples um but the the big one this week was this new york lawyer who got caught on camera going off against a couple of other patrons i think right no it was uh it was workers in the back just doing work oh (laughs) What, did he, like, charge into the kitchen? No, I think they were, like, I think it's one of those you-can-see-the-kitchen type deals. Yeah, it was like a, it was like mm, a deli mm-hmm. or something. There's dudes up front, yeah. and they were talking Spanish to each other, or maybe to a customer, even, and he got all mad. That's what it was. Yeah, it was it was somebody, somebody trying to place an order, and they were talking to kitchen staff in Spanish, and he decided that he needed to make a scene. Threatened to call ice right. on them at a, Shut at, that like down. A, at a deli in New York. He's like, if I'm not hearing exclusively English, you know, what has America <laughs> right. become? If New York, the most diverse city in the world, you know, if they're not even speaking <laughs> English there, like, oh, what a as, what a disaster. As we all know, bodegas and any other place I can get a chopped cheese, totally speak all English. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and that's, uh, I mean, there were a lot of responses on Twitter that were along the lines of, like, where does this guy think he is? I mean, that's, that's people who don't live in New York City, that's one of the things that you enjoy about visiting, that you see the, just, 
multi, just many, many ethnicities, languages being spoken, people of all colors and shapes and sizes, and it's it's magical for that reason. But this guy lives there, and apparently, I don't know, this has just been boiling over in him for right. for years. Well, yeah, the craziest part is, like, they weren't even talking to him. Like, what is it harming him? He just doesn't want to have to listen to other people speaking Spanish in his presence. Like, it just... His whole position is just complete nonsense. But yeah, <laughs> he, you know, went on this rant and immediately people like filmed him and posted it on Twitter and they were like, who's this D bag? And he's a freaking lawyer. Like, what are you doing? Right. Well, then it turns out there are other videos and examples of him totally showing his ass. Uh, like he uh, this this other I don't know. He's a vlogger who was just walking someplace with a friend one night, and this guy, like, went out of his way to bump into him and then started yelling about him being, a you know, a dirty fucking foreigner and, you know, go back to your country. And the guy's like, I was born in Massachusetts? Yeah. <laughs> well, or, like, you know, there's tourists. Like, is he going to get mad if if tourists come to New York and speak their own language? Like, don't you want <laughs> right. that to happen? I'm I'm picturing him, he's in a hotel room and he's flipping through channels and comes across Telemundo and just like, no, fuck this, and just like throws his remote at the screen. Smashes the entire TV. (laughs) Wants to talk to somebody on staff, they send up a cleaning lady and he just has a complete thermal (laughs) meltdown. Yeah, well, it's funny that you mentioned this is the big incident this week because I totally thought you were going to be talking about T.I., getting arrested trying to go to his own freaking house or whatever oh man oh yeah yeah, that one's even worse (laughs) well and the crazy thing to me about that one is so ti shows up at the gate to this gated community and he's like hey what's up i'm ti let me in and apparently the security guard was asleep and ti had to like get out and wake him up so he was like already upset and then the guy was (laughs) like i don't believe you black dude you can't get in here or whatever too too risky even though the security guard himself was black and he eventually called some white cops on T.I. who just arrested him. Right. Well, and didn't they call T.I.'s wife? Yes. Or so, uh, girlfriend or something? the person on the list in the gated community is Tiny, his wife, like his girlfriend. Okay. I believe, possibly ex-wife. So he calls her, and Tiny's like, yeah, that's that's T.I. Just, just let him in. The guy's like, mm, <laughs> right. I don't think so. Is it, though? Jesus. Lay down some bars for me, T.I. Let's, let's prove it. <laughs> So then all of this is coming right on the heels of a couple of other stories that we've heard. Uh, the, the one that really blew up virally uh, last week was the, the lady in Oakland who saw some, saw some dudes like grilling out down by, I, I don't know much about the, the area, but apparently there's a lake where it's a popular place to go and barbecue, as people do. Uh, and some dudes are out there setting up their grill and you see it on the video. It looks like a pretty nice setup. You know, they've got their grill. They got a couple of coolers and lawn chairs and stuff. And she's standing there on the phone calling the cops. Apparently her problem with it was like, no, this area isn't, you know, you're not allowed to have charcoal in this area. Which It's like, lady, what, what are you, you expect to drag a propane? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, there's that, but there's also like, where's your camping what stove? A trans- Come on. What transparent bullshit is that? That like, no, no. If they had a gas grill, I'd be totally okay with it. But the charcoal—that's that's a bridge too far. Is, you know, is, we need we need somebody to come out and regulate. Is charcoal that. a racial slur that I'm not familiar with? Is that what's going on here? 
it could possibly very well be. It's a it's a complicated life, but like the, the idea that it's like yeah, if it was a gr- like a gas grill, the ones that you know are really sensitive and you don't want to just drag everywhere, so they usually just stay in right. one spot. Yeah, that's the one that you can use at the park. Even though I'm pretty yeah, sure, sure. Well, we like it- pan the camera like maybe two feet over. It's gonna be one of those little stand up charcoal grills. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah, just one of those uh, those little aluminum like fold out ones, you know. Right. Um, also, propane tanks are fucking heavy. But seriously, like, uh, I mean, at least in that case, you know, passersby decided to get in her face about it and say, like, why are you doing this? Like, you're just obviously being a flagrant racist. And uh, I don't think the police ever even responded to that call. But that's just by the grace of God. Oh, no, they responded. Know- and the second when the police got there... The woman who was harassing everyone started crying, and they claimed she was harassed. What the hell? <laughs> she's the real. She's the real victim here. She was just out, you know, trying to enjoy her walk, trying to ruin people's barbecues, and then <laughs> somebody had to call the cops. Who who could it have been? I don't know. Nobody knows, really. But yeah, I, it's just it's it's such a beautiful example, though, of how ridiculous the double standards are that. You know, black people have to do everything all right. They got to abide by every rule. And even if they're not doing anything wrong, even if they're a multimillionaire rapper trying to get into their own damn house, people are going to arrest them just because it's like, well, hey, you know, someone in a slight position of authority, even if that position of authority is I'm on the phone with the cops and I'm just happen to be a white person that the cops are going to say, well, we're going to take this very seriously. You know, we're going to investigate you know, we'll right. take them downtown for questioning. We'll let them know what's up. And then if the black people resist, they're putting their own lives at risk. <laughs> and it's just absolutely insane. And yet, I don't know what the solution is other than don't be overreactionary cops. But, you know, white people are like, hey, you pay my salary. You got to you got to do what I say. If there's some black people hanging around and I don't like the look of them, you got to check it out and take care of it for me. Adding yeah. to that is the layer of the guys in Oakland were literally in Oakland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Which is slowly becoming <laughs> gentrified, and this is actually one of the f- methods of gentrification, especially getting rid of black people, is, is that white people literally show up and just start calling the cops on all kinds of bullshit. Uh, I believe somewhere in, like, I believe it was in Harlem where they, like, a white lady was trying to get uh, ice cream trucks to stop playing. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's an ice cream truck that had been in the neighborhood for, like, years at that point. And it'd go go by at, like, the same time every day in the summer or something. And finally, she started filing noise complaints after noise complaint. And, I mean, that's that's literally white people just trying to eliminate the, the spirit of community that existed before they got there. And it happens with all kinds of stuff. Block parties, people being outside in front of their own house doing things smoking weed yeah. i remember there was a there's some big festival i think it takes place in new york city i, I can't remember what it's called but it's a uh it's a hispanic uh it's like carnival or something like that uh I, um not, that's not it's not carnival there is uh it's not carnival i don't remember exactly what it's called but it's it's this long-standing tradition it's it's this nighttime carnival uh this festival that they have where everybody kind of goes it's, it's like a street party that also has a bunch of music, like, kind of parading through and stuff. And, like, this past year was the year that 
you know, basically all of the white newcomers to the neighborhood decided to, you know, make a stink about this and, you know, threatened to, I mean, this was the thing where like police had always been on hand in the past anyway, to make sure that things were, you know, it's a party, but you know, just making sure everything's, uh, on the level. And this year, I think they got, there was a stink about them maybe getting denied the permit to do this because like the, the white newcomers in the neighborhood had decided that they were not okay with this thing happening anymore. And Brendan, I mean, you know, you talk about, talk about a, a black millionaire just trying to get back to his house. What about, you know, a black Yale student who is studying in a, a commons area and falls asleep and another a white student calls the cops on her. I mean, that's that's what really fucking freaks me out about all this is the people making these calls don't realize that this is maybe they do well realize that this is a life and death thing. I would say most of them do realize that that's why they call is that they know if they do the black the cops will just get rid of them. Whether right. it's in jail, yeah. harassment, or they just leave now because the cops got called because you were being black in an area. Yeah, sure. And and you know that, you know, extrajudicial death penalty might be one of the results from that. Right. Especially if you, you know, if you try to, quote, resist, you know, arrest by, you know, your arrest for being black in public. Like, if you try to make any stink about it, or, you know, God forbid you have a freaking gun, like you have a permit for a gun, like all Republicans are always saying, hey, everyone should just carry guns all the time. Everyone should carry guns everywhere constantly. You know, God forbid right. this black person has a gun when the cops start shaking him down for, you know, falling asleep at their own college or having a freaking cookout, being in your own backyard with a phone. The next thing you know, you're getting shot in the back like eight times. Um, so it's just... It's just another example of, yeah, either white people just don't care or, you know, they're actively looking for that outcome because, you know, they feel somehow threatened by the mere presence of black people not doing freaking anything. Right. Yeah. I mean, there was another one just in the past week of the the kid who had just come back from prom. It was somebody's prom date, and they all went to Waffle House afterward. And the the video that went viral was this big beefy cop that apparently has a history of violently assaulting suspects, like holding him up by his neck and choking him against a wall. Um, basically, again, just for the the crime of being black in public. Right. Well, and I guess the thing that worries me is that it's it's tempting to draw the conclusion like, wow. You know, Trump's America, you know, the the power of policing, overzealous policing, you know, police's departments getting all these resources, abusing their power. Or it's like, actually, it's happening less and less, but there's just more and more video evidence of it. You know, thank God there wasn't cell phone cameras, you know, in the 90s to capture all the police brutality that was happening then because right. know, maybe this, something would have actually happened about it. Although you got well, freaking D, Rodney King getting beat on camera and nobody cared about that. So, yeah, D, you and I have talked about that quite a bit on one of our Slack channels about, you know, this isn't new. This is, you know, maybe Trump has emboldened some of this stuff. And like Brendan says, probably it, it there's more chance of these events going viral. But uh, you have some pretty strong opinions about, you know, that this is not this isn't anything brand new. It's not even 
it's never been brand new. It's just now that right. the access to cameras makes it so that you can basically record it every time it happens. Like, most of the time it happens. Like, yeah. there's, I'm pretty sure there's no black person who doesn't have a story of this white person did just called the cops on me because they were an asshole. Or I did... Wait, or I was literally doing something, and then they were yelling at me to do that thing as if they were my parent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, uh, I mean, you could say, I mean, I guess one conclusion you could draw from this is, oh, then, like, extra added surveillance is actually a good thing, except then you have to look at the consequences. I mean, yeah, we've added... We've added cameras to police officers to make sure that, you know, when there's a, a shooting incident that the grand jury can look at it and see what happened. But, you know, if somebody's just going to get put on administrative leave for a couple of months, that's not that's not what we're looking for. You know, that's not that's not justice for victims, families. Uh, I, I'm not sure if the trade off of all of us being constantly surveilled is really you know, paying, you know, is getting us the benefit that, that is promised. And then yeah. there's the added thing of, yeah, they're being filmed, but you can't actually see the film, which right. a lot of laws are like, yeah, you just can't, you can't see the cops film, even though. Right. They don't, they don't have to release it if they don't want, if they don't feel like it, if it feel like the cop, it makes the cops look bad, they just don't release it. Or. Yeah. It seems like there are never any consequences if a camera isn't on when it should have been. Right. There's so many instances where it's like, oh, this camera just got mysteriously turned off. And they're like, well, you know, there's not really a punishment for turning the camera off. Like you get written up like, yeah, well, you're not supposed to do that. But oh, well, uh, there's just there's no consequence for hiding your legal activity. Right. But we thought that if we just, you know, we're like, hey, body cams to cops. Everyone will see the footage. You'll be able to tell what went down. You know, this will solve the problem. Cops will know that people can see it. They won't misbehave as much. And yet it doesn't seem to have any effect because they know that all they have to do is just say, well, you know, I, f I felt threatened. So that's why I overreacted. And that's all it takes. doesn't matter how clear the video is. Yeah, if the sure. cop says, you know, I felt threatened. My actions were justified because I was real, real scared. That's really all they have to say. And people just keep acquitting them. <laughs> Uh, I, so I, Sam, go ahead. Sam way on, uh, not Sam, Sam way. I can't think of the guy's name on Twitter was going over basically how, like the presidents and laws that you, like that allow cops, especially to get off easily. One of which is the fact that in any event, it's literally like the last five seconds that justify, like that is on, like used to like to rule on it. Sure. So, like, nothing of the lead-up. Not what the cop did beforehand or all the stuff like that. It's like, alright, in the scenario where this guy's about to punch me in the face, possibly because I try to punch him or shoot him beforehand, like, right. would it be reasonable for me to shoot him? And then that's what gets used. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. They they take it in these completely contextless chunks where it's just what was... What was decided on, you know, the moment before somebody got shot or brutalized or arrested or what have you um, and and doesn't take into account. I mean, First Amendment law even has exceptions built in for things like fighting words and things like, you know, that's that's the reason you're not 
supposed to be able to go into a public place and walk up to somebody and, you know, insult their sister and, you know, say you're going to like bend them over the, the nearest street, uh, street sign. Um, and then say like, what are you going to do about it? Pussy. Uh, but that doesn't apply for the police at all. And doesn't really so, apply to most white people in general when it comes to black death. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I guess one thing that's coming out of this is the, the social media pile on um, the, the Oakland gal, this New York lawyer. They're both, you know, they're they're kind of cause celebs right now. Uh, everyone's everyone's dragging them. And, you know, they're basically always going to be that person. So, I mean, that's that's one way that society can sort of try to rectify this a little bit. But. Ultimately, I don't know what's the last word on this. White people need to stop fucking calling the cops. Yes. I mean, they do. Yeah. Like, it's been brought up before that white people call the cops when there's deers in their yard. Right. <laughs> like, it comes down to that white people treat the cops like just, like you're delivering, getting a pizza or something. Sure. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, and it and it makes sense because, you know, that they're kind of trained that like, hey, the cops are there. They work for you. Um, you know, if you're you're able to shield yourself because you know that the cops, even if you like just shot up a school and killed 17 people, you know, they're not going to shoot you if you're white. <laughs> they're going to they're going to arrest you and and take you alive. Uh, but if you're, you know, a black dude just hanging out, uh, you know, you might be liable to get taken down at any moment by cops because they're just scared out of their mind of, of black bodies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think they've really worked themselves up into a tough situation because they are trained to say, hey, you know, whenever you go out there, just know that at any moment, anybody could murder you uh, as a cop. And so the only way that you're going to survive is that you've just got to murder them first. And we continue to allow it by having no legal per- repercussions when cops murder people <laughs> indiscriminately. I mean, that's that's the blatant thing about it. And yeah. until they start getting held accountable and we start holding them to higher standards and say, look, you know, maybe if you are just going to shoot first and ask questions later, you don't get to be a cop anymore. You shouldn't have never been a cop in the first place. Sure. Otherwise, like, there's two things to take to this. It is a common thing. It's somehow in around cops of the idea of it's better to be judged by 12 than to be carried by six, which right. itself sounds like a terrible idea. It's something you would only say <laughs> in like a wild West movie. Right. Or like yeah. That's, that is a shitty property. trade. Absolutely. And then it's the just aggressiveness that people just ignore. Like when uh, they were talking about the legalization of marijuana in Illinois Oh, and they were yes. like, yeah, well, they wait. See, we'd have to euthanize these dogs because we've trained them to be antisocial when it's dealing right. with drug searches. To which uh-huh. everyone's burying the lead of they had to euthanize these things. <laughs> Euthanizing the dog sounds terrible. But, like, the burying the lead of why are cops training dogs to be really aggressive to the smell of weed? Yeah, as, well, and also, I mean, just the. I mean, the, the implicit argument there is that we care about these dogs' lives more than we care about the lives that are ruined by overzealous drug enforcement. Right. Well, and to bring it all home, the reason that there's so many dogs in Illinois is because one of Warren Buffett's sons 
uh, is a multimillionaire and he bought dogs for every police department in Illinois and he spent like $200 million and then he ran for like county sheriff and won because he has so much freaking money and sheriffs right. are elected positions. So we're just letting rich millionaires buy their way into sheriff's positions where they can then just buy everyone dogs and then say, well, we can't legalize drugs because what about all the dogs we just bought? <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely yeah. insane. It is. No, it's true. Actually, uh, yeah, I, I think we should I think we should pivot here since we're back in the, the Midwest because um, there's another, you know, speaking of people committing crimes and getting away with them or not getting away with them or people with lots of money being able to do things that the rest of us would not be able to do. Brendan, you've been following, uh, and D, I'm, I'm sure that you know some about this too, because it's your state. Uh, the Republican governor, Eric Greitens of Missouri has been back in the news. Do we want to, do we want to take a break and come back to that or? Uh, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, do that. Should, Maybe, we should uh, probably take a break so I can like, yeah, <laughs> cool yeah let's uh get, get our minds let's right before we dive into sure. this incredible yeah. story talk about eric greitens and then uh all of us have some uh some hot twitter recommendations for you for for something a little bit lighter now ruckus that's crazy if they're so innocent why won't they talk to the police <gasps> what did he say yeah, why why wouldn't doesn't sound like innocent behavior to me <gasps> why wouldn't they want to talk to the police i love talking to the police we're gonna go check them out if the cops won't make them talk i'll make them talk yeah so d black i'm glad that we got you on the show because there is a st louis missouri based story that i've been following for a while <laughs> I, i'm interested to get your local perspective the story is the governor of missouri eric greitens who is a republican is has been embroiled in one of the most ridiculous sex scandals that i've ever heard of and yet it seems like it just can't break through and become a story that anyone knows about every time i tell people about this they're like i've never heard of this that's what happens when you're a flyover state what are the basics of what he's being accused of this guy earlier in the year in january there was a report by one of the local like tv stations that the governor was engaged in an extramarital affair not super unusual for high-level politicians right and uh, the person who he was having an affair with had released some information about it to to the media, you know, after the affair, I guess, was was over. And then it got a little bit crazy. So it turned out that the woman he was having an affair with was like his hairdresser. And he was like, hey, do you want to work out sometime? He took her there to work out. He then tied her to exercise equipment and then took pictures of her naked and told her, like, don't tell anyone about this or I'll release these pictures of you naked. The guy who is the attorney general of the state is like, I'm going to run for the Senate. And like, this looks bad for me. So I'm going to try to like prosecute Greitens, the sitting governor, while he's in office. Right. And they're both Republicans. And this is under their, uh, they've got like a revenge porn law in Missouri, right? Where basically you can't take uh, non-consensual pictures of a sexual nature of somebody and then release them or threaten to release them. 
Right. And there's other stuff, too, that they have him on. Like, apparently his staff used messaging apps that deleted your messages, which you're not supposed to do when you're a government official conducting government business and stuff like right. that. So they have him on, like, a bunch of different stuff as well. So he's possibly facing, like, multiple felonies. Right. But he's, uh, you know, standing his ground just today. He was like... I'm a Navy SEAL. You know, I never surrender. <laughs> I, I never... Never back down from fighting. a fight. Yeah. <laughs> right. Even though they're like, well, did this actually happen? And did you actually do all these crimes? And he's like, I'm not going to get into that right now. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, all right. So I had to go relook it up because we don't have revenge porn laws, but the Missouri statues on like invasion of privacy include images... Ah. Of a private nature. Okay, yeah. I went and pulled up the Riverfront Times, which are, this is basically a little tiny, not even a tiny. It's the new, like it's one of the newspapers around the city. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do things like tell you about beer places and hipster locales and things like this, where we go over all the horrible things he did. Right, a, a local weekly or or like indie paper or something. Yeah. It, this is almost to his benefit because. The stuff that he did is so ridiculous, and I literally didn't even go into the most well, insane shit that he did, because... Yeah, I want to I hear what... Uh, he spit in her mouth. People are yeah. like, don't even want to talk about it, because it's so fucking horrible and disgusting. So, D, what's what's going on? What's the paper reporting on? So, it's going over the tying up and the revenge porn, but it also goes over, like, he, he spit in her mouth? Like, the first time? On some Fifty Shades of Grey shit? Right. The actual person who came forward for the paper... Like, wasn't the woman, it was her husband. Ooh. Oh. And it gets more darker because KMOV, the ones who did the interview with her, kind of got her there, trapped her there under false pretenses. Wait, what? And then publicized the story against her will. What the hell? Jesus. This poor woman. They brought her into, they were going to do an interview about, like, running a salon or something, and then... Yeah, uh, I think she does basically, she's a moving hairdresser, so they booked under a false name. He shows up. And they're not doing a haircut. It's an interview. <laughs> God. Wow. I feel for this woman, but also, like, man, if that happened to you, the media finds out about it, like, it's kind of on you to put it out there. And it's it's terrible that she has to be in that position because she really is the victim here and she shouldn't have her private life, you know, pried into by the prying, you know, media. And I'm sure all kinds of Republicans are now saying this woman, you know, she's lying. She just made it all up or whatever. You know, she's a democratic plant. And I'm sure there's all kinds of hate that she's getting thrown her way. Yeah, the sexual abuse defense squad activated. If if that happened to you and you know that the governor is that much of, of a scumbag, that he's literally sexually assaulting you. You know, you're like, yeah, let's fool around. And then right. you're like, whoa, I didn't sign up for this. Like, it seems like some of the stuff that he did was was pretty messed up, like forcing her into oral sex, um, you know, coercing her, blackmailing her. Well, absolutely. All kinds I of mean, stuff. That's, that's the whole thing. You know, not that I don't think liquid flannel is going to be kink shaming here because like dominant and submissive play is totally a... a aspect of a consensual sexual relationship but consent is that is the golden key to the whole thing if it ever goes past the point of consent that's where it's it's a problem and it, i honestly don't give a fuck how freaky people get in the bedroom i i remember a story my my parents told about how neighbor had to go to the hospital one time and they finally figured out the reason why was she was dressed up like 
Robin, <laughs> and he was dressed up like Batman, and she was she jumped off the dresser and got whacked in the head by the ceiling fan, uh, <laughs> and and had to go to the hospital for it. Uh, which, like, I'm fine with that. You know, like costume play is is cool, but that was all consensual. But yeah, I mean, the craziest thing is that. Because Republicans control the state government, they're like, well, we should impeach him because of he's obviously done horrible, horrible crimes. And they're like, well, but he is a Republican and we're also Republicans, so maybe not. I mean, absolutely. And you've got, you know, this is the party that they're okay with President Grabber by the pussy. They came out in defense of Roy Moore and attacked all of his accusers of really gross, like, pedophilic stuff. They don't have a moral leg to stand on here. But of course they'll be like, well, Al Franken needs to resign immediately. Which he did. You know, <laughs> and we, yes, and it totally worked. Yeah, right. But that's the weakness, right? Is just admitting you did some horrible things. Trump rule number one, never admit any wrongdoing, never apologize, no matter what horrible thing yeah. you did. Yeah. And it seems to be working for him so far. If they've got you dead to rights, then say, like, okay, maybe this happened, but it wasn't a big deal. Right. People are playing politics with this thing. The worst part about it is the fact that if he doesn't go to jail, it means she's pretty much screwed. Yeah. That was half the thing. Like, she didn't come forward because he was blackmailing her. Basically, the trigger got pulled on the gun that he was holding to her. And so now her her reputation is in the trash. And meanwhile, this this guy just keeps being governor of Missouri. Right. Well, and his legal defense is, yeah, this lady made it all up. Everything we did was totally cool at the time. And she now she's just she's changing her story on me. Like, that's his only defense, because what else can he say? You know, there's proof that he did that. But all he can say is like, well. Everything I did was totally not illegal, technically. <laughs> that, that's, as, that's as close as he can get to a legal defense. And yet, the Republicans aren't going to hold him to account. So, I don't know. Do you like, I mean, do you think, you know, why does he even want to stay in office? Like, I don't even, I don't even get it. Mostly because St. Louis is still big enough. We could swing the state. And that, they just, they can't have that. Yeah. I mean, you almost have to wonder, like, if it is some, like, Alex Jones-type conspiracy where they're, like, keep this guy in office so that we can use him as a Republican punching bag or something. It'd be like, look at this horrible oh, guy yeah. that we can now all run against. I mean, that, that certainly wouldn't be the first time the, the Dems have tried that. We talked about that last week with Noah Berlatsky and the... Uh, the Blankenship the, thing, yeah, 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 Don Blankenship running in uh, West Virginia and how Democratic talking heads and pundits saying, like, yeah, we should... We should actually, you know, have him win the primary because it'd be so much easier to run against, which worked real well in 2016. Yeah, because as we all know, white people really care about these things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Meanwhile, I mean, you know, just like Trump, Eric Greitens is getting his name out in the news like a hundred times a day now. Yeah, about two hours ago, the House committee investigating him is suing his campaign for obstruction, which could be good, could be bad. (laughs) We're going to have to keep following this topic. Right now, it seems like there's a lot of speculative stuff out there, though. Not speculation about whether or not this woman is telling the truth, because, I mean, just look at the incentives. Here's my advice, Greitens, Greitens, whatever your name is. Just resign and then just take your Fox News commentator, yeah. you know, checks and just yep, get, get it over with, man. Like, I, I don't know why. Just pull the Band-Aid off, man. You're, you're going to go on conservative welfare for the rest of your life. So, 
we're going to move on from from that kind of ugly topic to something that the three of us have worked together on to, you know, bring something more positive to you. What I asked Brendan and D-Black to do was come up with three Twitter accounts that you like to follow that you think maybe other people don't follow, at least be able to give a reason why people should follow these. So uh, we we decided we were going to do one more serious or substantive account, one more maybe humorous account, and then everybody got a wild card pick also. So what do you say we start with the, the serious ones? And I think we can just go around in a circle and name who we're, uh, who we're recommending. One of you two want to lead us off? All right, I can start with mine, which is Thought Scholar. Her, her handle right now is uh, Black Hole Magic. Okay. <laughs> but uh, Thought Scholar basically is uh, a sex worker, and she does a lot of educational activism for sex work. Usually things on like how SESTA affects things, nice. some of the history of sex work, and the whole system of oppression against it. She's just starting to write a book. Yeah, she's got a summer writing fund going on on GoFundMe right now. Twitter has been really interesting to me in terms of learning about sex work and the the nuances of that and sort of the, the politics and the philosophy behind different approaches to it. I haven't seen that on a whole lot of other platforms. It's really cool. I mean, it's it's much more complex and nuanced, and I think people just don't know enough about it, and Twitter seems to be a really good mouthpiece for people who are in that industry. Basically, I think mostly because of things like how Reddit works, it's based on what becomes most popular, and there's a lot of sex negativity towards sex work. Sure. Generally, Twitter just works out because everyone retweets things. And if you're funny enough, or you're on Black Twitter, where everyone just—it's basically like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Everyone's in it, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's great about Twitter is that you know it's a feed of just the kind of people that you want to see. You know, the same way Tumblr's like that, where you can have a a customized Tumblr just to you know people who agree with you on this particular topic, or they're in this one fandom, or whatever. Uh, whereas Reddit is just literally everybody is on it, jumping into communities left and right well cool what was her name again thought scholar t-h-o-t thought scholar good recommendation brendan you got a a serious one yeah you know i guess i'm I'm just not as deep into twitter as you guys are so mine are gonna be maybe a little bit a little bit more basic more basic (laughs) i got some basic peeps on here but yeah that's i mean i was gonna throw it out to my homegirl from omaha simone sanders who Oh you know, yeah, worked on the Bernie campaign. I think she like works for freaking CNN or some shit like that now. But I think it's cool that you know she's from Omaha. Hers hers is a lot more factual. You know she's linking out to to news stories and stuff like that. She gets some good slams in there too for sure. I didn't realize she she was from Omaha. That's cool. Yeah, I got to admit when you said Simone Sanders at first, I thought you were talking about Simone Biles, and I was like, she's not from Omaha. But if she <laughs> yeah. were, that would be awesome. Doing them Olympics. So uh, yeah, she's at. Simone with a Y, D. Sanders on Twitter. Yeah, good one. Yeah, we just had the primary in Omaha. For the first time, a thing happened in Omaha that wasn't horrible, where the actual progressive candidate won her primary by like 100 votes or something. Right. So it was really cool to see Nebraska District 2 you know, getting so much progressive love out there. It's, it's been a long time. 
Yeah, that was a uh, that was Kara Eastman, right? Yeah. Well, I think we're gonna talk about that next week when I'm in Omaha. We're what? Ne- we're gonna have a Nebraska heavy episode next week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my my more serious pick is Kate Reed's books, and she's at Kate Reed's BKS. I've really been enjoying following this account. It's not super newsy, but she gives great commentary. What she does, her her tagline is. I read books, so you don't have to. Uh, so, for instance, right now, she is reading uh, Amy Choswick, Chosik's, Ch- Chosik? Amy Chosik's Chasing Hillary, which is basically this, yeah, oh, which yeah, is yeah. basically this, this news reporter's sort of love letter, sort of post-mortem on Hillary Clinton's 2016 run. And it's the kind of thing that, it's hagiographic in a lot of, respects you know like very forgiving of the people who are involved kate is giving great commentary on when somebody says the quiet part loud about you know this is why we want trump as the opponent or this is how we need to shut down the progressive wing the author doesn't really lay it out on the table but kate does so kate reads books and i'm really <laughs> grateful for her doing it and again that was at kate reads bks yeah, does she do all her book reviews in one tweet? That's going to be <laughs> no, tough. No, she's, uh, she's basically live tweeting her reading this book. So she goes through it, she picks a book, and then she goes <laughs> through it, pulls out lines and comments on it. So it's it's almost like reading the book, and it's almost like Mystery Science Theater 3000 for <laughs> these shitty books that you don't want to read. <laughs> all right, so those are the serious ones. Uh, I'm sure you had some some good recommendations for more humorous accounts or... Maybe not necessarily lighthearted, but looking at things through a humorous lens. All right, so uh, I've got Gabby Sidibi. Uh, she played uh, Precious, and she's on uh, Empire right now. Oh, all right. She's just, it's just great to go through her Twitter, just because she does just come up with the best tweets. Like, uh, right now she's apparently at a fancy Hollywood party for Disney. <laughs> And, uh, you guys, Chip and Dale get one girlfriend. Her name is Clarice. Just wanted you to know. (laughs) Oh, this is good. Yeah, I'm looking at her right now. I like the, you look so familiar game is so fucking dumb. Just say hi. Also read the room. If I'm panicking to get through security, holding my sneakers in my hand or running for the gate, now's not the right time to be all like, you look so familiar. Do I know you from somewhere? (laughs) I think what really got me to finally follow her is that she tweets out, so uh, I bought a leash for my cat. I I really appreciate how uh, you guys are taking this. (laughs) Gabby, it's it's pronounced Sidibi? I believe so. It's like Sibidibi? Look, she's got more power and influence than me. I'll find out tomorrow if people start yelling at me. It's, it's very tough. awesome. <laughs> cool. <laughs> if I start getting dragged on Twitter, I said it wrong. Gabby, apologize. Uh, we're, we'll look into it. Yeah, she's she probably gets that a lot. She's probably used to it. Bra- I get branded all the time. Mm-hmm. I deal with it just fine. I don't, I don't mind it. Luckily, all, both my names are just so common that it just never comes up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Brandon, what do you got for humor? I mean, the only thing that could make me smile is Muppet bloopers now. <laughs> Did you guys watch the Muppet bloopers? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, we should we should roll a short clip of one of those. My God, it went right in the studio floor. Sweet Jesus. Good Lord, you see that? 
Did you see that? Did did you did you see did You okay, Emmett? Spare change. Anything for me and my son? Come on, we just need a little, you know. Get the drum, run, run! It's worth about ten bucks. Oh, run, run! I can't. My feet are stapled. Do we get hazard pay for this? I thought I was gonna get hit that time. I'm just gonna lay in the pavement here for a second, son. Spare change? Help my mom out? Spare change? <laughs> all she needs a bottle of Ripple. <laughs> I'm alright. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, it's it's what it says on the tin, right? This is one of my most favorite things about Twitter is that when someone just completely random, I think this dude had like a few hundred followers or something, tweeted out this amazing video and actually a series of videos, and I watched them all, of these hilarious behind-the-scenes Muppet bloopers from... Emmett Otter's Christmas band or whatever the crap it is. Uh, Christmas jug band. <laughs> the Christmas jug band. And it looks to just be like hours of them doing this gag where they try to like roll a drum into the frame and have it like yeah. rest in the middle of the frame over and over and over again. It has like a hundred thousand retweets now. And this dude yeah. just came out of nowhere. So his name is the Milan tuner. I'm, I'm expecting big things. From this guy. <laughs> I hope cool. he has some more Muppet bloopers somewhere, because apparently they're hard to come by. That's the at, at the Milan Tumor. The Milan Tuner. Oh, Tuner. tuner. Like car- like a cartoons. Yeah, that clip is so funny. I mean, you can tell Frank Oz is just having a having a blast, like making the puppets do ridiculous shit every time they mess up this shot. It does bring up something that I, I remember came up uh, when... All right, there used to be a blog I used to follow called Topless Robot, which did a bunch of nerd things. Oh, heck yeah. And when oh, yeah. Uh, the Muppet Store, they were going over th- like, of all the bad things that could come from this. And one of them was the fact that the way the Jim Henson studio did puppets, part of that was the fact that they just kept doing things even when they weren't supposed to be actually rolling. They just kept talking through the puppets. Oh, yeah. Like, improv comedy with puppets involved. Oh, totally. The puppet gags were are so good. Uh, apparently, there is video of Sesame Street bloopers that they show at, like, the Sesame Street rap party every year. Uh, awesome. But they refuse to release to the public because they would be so, like, earth-shatteringly <laughs> offensive. <laughs> All right. So, Children's Television Workshop employee, who is also a look- oh, yeah. flannel listener, leak those to us. We will, Please. We will keep your identity a secret, but if you can get some video on your cell phone or whatever... We'll make you a, an anonymous star. <laughs> uh, my comedy pick is one, it's kind of weird, and it's sort of, this is why I said it's not necessarily supposed to be uplifting. Uh, it's it's called Nine, uh, as in the German word for no, and the at is at nine quarterly. And it's these really dark, sometimes kind of confusing jokes about philosophy and nihilism. My Twitter feed is mostly uh, celebrities and news outlets that I follow. I've got some kind of quirky bots, and then just a bunch of people that I've made friends with on Twitter. And then every once in a while, I'll get a tweet that comes across my timeline like, we regret to inform you that it's the end of the week, not the world. Uh, I, I tend to read all of these tweets in the voice of the the voice <laughs> of Night Vale. Here, here's one. I mean, like I said, it, some of them are just abstruse, so... Yes, friends, things are good. Also some places. Even a few people. 
Verbs are the problem. And this shit just cracks me up when it comes up, comes up in the middle of people speculating about, uh, you know, politics or getting mad at the, the latest outrage or something. And then I just get this. It, it's like nihilist Arby's, except without the gimmick. So, again, that one was, uh, that's nine, and they're at nine quarterly, N-E-I-N quarterly. And now we go into the wild card round. D, you said you had a pretty good one. At first, I was thinking I was going to do Kenny G, just because <laughs> every, like, four or five tweets, he will make a sex sax joke. <laughs> like, that's a good sax, or you should really be good at Kenny sax. Kenny G is horny on me. Like, he's really aware of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, Yanni has been blowing up on Twitter lately because of the crazy sound meme or whatever. The Yanni versus Laurel. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Back in the headlines, finally. Jeez. It's been so long. Kenny G, man, I haven't thought about that guy in, in years, I don't think. But the what I was going to actually do was uh, Ravi Ray, <laughs> mostly because uh, Ravi Ray does gym teams for black celebrities a lot. Okay. So, like, I'm looking at the ghost dark gym team of Gucci Man and Keisha. <laughs> and uh there's there's no way around uh she's got viola davis as like the steel gym leader <laughs> now are these justified assignments i mean is there a reason why viola davis would be in charge of the steel gym i don't remember ever so often she'll give justifications for it but a lot of time it's based on whatever dress they're wearing <laughs> i think this all started with rihanna who did one time legit dress like a Pokemon trainer or whatever. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, one of her newest ones starts with a tweet, Solange Knowles mentioned Pokemon on her Instagram, so my <laughs> hand slipped and made her a gym leader. <laughs> gym leader, battle me. Uh, that's great. What's the at on that one again? That'd be Rav, R-A-V-E-Y-R-A-I, Ravi Ray. Yeah, and of course, we're going to be putting all these out uh, on the on the Liquid Flannel Twitter, so you can access the list there, too. Brendan, what's your wild card? You know, my wild card, I do love video game Twitter. One of the greatest dudes I feel on video game Twitter doesn't get enough love. Mr. Austin Walker, who runs the gaming site Waypoint Advice. And he is somewhat unique in the video game industry as he is like a black editor-in-chief. And you don't see that a lot at a lot of gaming sites. Uh, yeah, in gaming journalism or production generally, really. It's about the ethics in the game journalism is, is what it is. So <laughs> I love his tweets. He's a really cool guy. So he tweets about like academic stuff. He tweets about art stuff. He tweets about, you know, race issues and politics a lot, which a lot of gaming sites try to stay away from so i like that yeah. he mixes it all up together and he, he has a, a great crew they have a great podcast and stuff too oh nice now do they catch the same sort of hate that say like feminist video game commentators get i mean probably in their own way but i think they found their niche and you kind of you know what you expect when you're getting into it right they put it out front and center they're not trying to say like hey we're impartial <laughs> we're not going to talk about politics here yeah right you kind of know what you're getting if you get into it so sure but yeah he's just austin underscore walker which is, is really easy to remember too <laughs> nice no that's really nice i love to find people doing that kind of commentary because i mean that's the thing that's most maybe the most irritating without being the most disgusting part of like gamergate and comics gate is that the super fans want their hobbies to be treated like the artwork that they often are 
But then as soon as somebody starts analyzing them as if they are art, they get all up in arms and say, you know, keep your politics out of my hobby and then go on harassment campaigns. So it's nice to see people doing that kind of commentary. Like I said, I do follow a lot of, you know, kind of twee bots and other automated accounts. So for my wild card, I picked one that is not always good, but when it's good, it's very, very good. And that is get equipped with, which is at bot equipped with. And it's just the screen from a Mega Man game where it's, you know, get equipped with. Oh, yeah. And then it picks two random words. So some of them just come up as as complete gibberish. But every once in a while, you get something coming across the timeline. You know, Mega Man in the power up room and it says, get equipped with nighttime swagger. It's like, fuck yeah. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to go out tonight. <laughs> Do they all have unique color combos as well? or No, no, I, I, it's just the text that changes. Oh, but, but still, you know, every once in a while, you know, it'll be like mid-afternoon and I see get equipped with perfect nap. It's like, you know what? I don't mind if I do. Yeah, if you, if you follow this account, it's, again, at bot equipped with. Usually, you're only going to see the ones that resonated with people that already got up, you know, got a bunch of faves on them. So that's my wild card is is Mega Man randomly assigned to jokes. Yeah, some of those accounts are rough because uh, there's a lot of misses, but when they hit, well, they hit so hard. Oh, so good. Cool. Well, that was fun, guys. Thanks for doing your homework on that. What do you say we take a break and we'll do a high note, maybe a high note roundup or something? I wanna follow, 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 follow you. I wanna follow, 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 follow you. I wanna follow, 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 follow you. I wanna follow, 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 follow you. I wanna follow, 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 follow you. I wanna follow, 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 follow you. I wanna follow, 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 follow you. I wanna follow, 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 follow you. Yeah, we're going to do a roundtable high note tonight, and I'm going to lead it off, I think. Uh, pretty cool little kind of note from history that they have found some hidden diary pages from Anne Frank's, one of her journals. Apparently she had like 50 journals. I, I did not know that. I didn't know that she was such a, such a prolific writer. Um, but what's great about these is she hid these pages they were, they were ones that she had already written over anyway, and then she kind of pasted them to the inside of the journal underneath other paper so that presumably her parents wouldn't find them because it's all about like her views on sex, but also specifically a couple of dirty jokes she had heard that she decided to write down. Yeah, the most like twelve-year-old dirty jokes. Well, ever not just not just like a twelve-year-old, but also the way a twelve-year-old would tell the joke, right? So. Um, <laughs> So here's this. This is my funny one. I'll, I'll tell you the way she tells it, and then I can tell you what the actual joke is because it's just not funny <laughs> the way she has it written down. Uh, she writes, "Man come, man comes home in the evening and notices that another man has been in bed with his wife that evening. He searches the whole house and finally looks in the bedroom closet too. There's a completely naked man standing there. And when the one man asked the other man what he was doing there, the man in the closet said, "Believe it or not, I'm waiting for the tram.'" <laughs> which is that's that's not a joke <laughs> perhaps in the original german <laughs> well uh no see the thing is what probably happened was she misheard this other joke so the original joke goes 
there's a, a married couple and they've got this like wardrobe or say a closet. Okay. And every time the tram goes by the, the house rattles and the closet door slides open. And finally, after like months of having to close the door every single hour, every single day, the wife gets fed up and calls a handyman. So the handyman comes in, he takes his shoes off at the door. He goes upstairs to check it out. And sure enough, the tram goes by, the door rattles open, and he goes, hmm, I'm not sure exactly what's going on here. Uh, you know, I, I need to see it happen one more time, maybe from the inside. So since he can't fit into the closet, he takes his tool belt off, lays it on the bed, jumps in the closet, closes the door. The woman's husband comes home, very jealous man, sees another man's shoes at the door. He sees the tool belt on the bed and starts searching the house and opens the closet up and says, you know, what the fuck are you doing in here? And the guy says, believe it or not, I'm waiting for the tram, which that's a little bit better, but <laughs> <laughs> she just missed the lead in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's tough when you're a kid just trying to overhear dirty jokes. Oh, you know? sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, cause they, they lived in close quarters, obviously, but you've got to imagine that the parents were, they try to keep their voice down when they were talking about inappropriate things, but um, it's just, it's, it's such yeah. a neat little insight into this person that we thought that we knew pretty much everything about to, to find an artifact like this, where, you know, this is stuff that it's like, I've got to keep this hidden from my parents. Cause I would get in trouble for, you know, writing down dirty jokes in my diary. Well, yeah. what also happened was that when the diary first got published, the dad who did like who published the diary took out some stuff, mostly a sure. lot of things. I think she was questioning her sexuality was one of them. Right. And there was a lot about her dad farting a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she... Uh, First Amendment, free speech, yeah, come on. She did, this is censorship. She wrote down pretty much everything that happened, including, I mean, even the... Uh, you know, the official release, the the diary of a young girl, she does talk about some, uh, you know, sexuality questioning sort of stuff that got left in and it gives you a really complete, not complete, but a much more complete picture, a very rich yeah. picture of who this girl was. So, yeah, so that's my high note. Just, you know, thank you, Anne Frank, for being a being a proper 13 year old and butchering a joke that that we got to yeah. enjoy, you know, 80 <laughs> years later. Yeah, I recently saw someone was tweeting about how there is a, a very popular thing to do, which is to recreate the Anne Frank house in Minecraft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to experience the story of Anne Frank in a completely new way, <laughs> give, give that a shot. You know, it's a timeless tale. Wow. So that's my high note. Uh, I think I think both of you guys had other things you wanted to talk about. Brent, how about how about Brendan goes next and then D Black can can wrap us well, up? Well, yeah, I mean, this is almost like D Black going too because when we were talking about what the high notes were, he was like, "Did you watch Agrit Sutko on Netflix?" And I was like, "I totally did," and this show uh, is amazing. So this is a show that is by the company that does Hello Kitty. Okay. And so it's like a little cute cartoon, and she's. A red panda and she works in like a Japanese like office um, and her boss is a pig uh, who like harasses her at work and she hates her job and then she vents her emotions by going out for karaoke and singing death metal 
including like in the very first episode she like sings a song about how she like wants to murder her boss because like he's such a piece of shit and is like harassing everybody at work um but I made the mistake of watching this show with my children because I was like, oh, it's Hello Kitty. It'll be, <laughs> it'll it'll be fun for the whole family. <laughs> and it was not for children. Uh, but it was pretty amazing. Uh, and I definitely am uh, looking to go back and watch the rest of it because uh, apparently it only it only gets better from there. Uh, and yeah, it's like the new version of The Office except Hello Kitty. Nice. Uh, that's on Netflix? And Metal. And Death Metal. And Death Metal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what could go wrong? What's that called again? It's called Agretsuko. Okay. Uh, and it's this is a uh, a portmanteau of her name, which is Retsutko, and the word aggressive. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, I don't know what to do with that. I'll have to. I'll just have to check it out. Yeah, man, Hello Kitty is going places. You know, I didn't, I did not expect this from yeah, them. I thought that that franchise was pretty much uh, at market saturation, but you know, good for them. <laughs> They're branching out. <laughs> cool. All right, D Black, what do you got for us? You you had a couple of good good entertainment things as well. Well, two things coming out of entertainment. There's a Jordan Pill Spike Lee joint of a movie called The Black Klansman, in which a right. black guy teams up with a. Uh, a white guy and then they go undercover to get into the clan and it basically works because the black guy can do his code switch well enough that it just works yeah because like he's he's on the phone right he's the one who's he's reaching out to like david duke on the phone and claiming to be this white guy and then he gets uh i think it's adam driver plays the white dude uh who who has to go and like do the in-person appearances yeah, so, so that's, is it like a Cyrano de Bergerac situation? It is basically like a Cyrano de Bergerac, <laughs> but with fighting the clan. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it and, looks fantastic. Uh, Cedric the Entertainer, as uh, St. Louis native, so I might as well say it, sure. uh, has got a new show coming out, which is basically uh, it's a sitcom in which he moves from the Midwest to Los Angeles and is extremely neighborly. And it's got Cedric the Entertainer and... Uh, to, like Tashina Arnold, uh, she played uh, Chris's mom, and everybody hates Chris. Oh yeah. Oh. And uh, it's coming on on CBS, and uh, that's uh, I'm getting ready for that. Yeah, nice. What's the uh, what's the hook of it? What what sets them apart as a as a sitcom family? Uh, I'm not entirely sure yet. It seems to be uh, basically uh, there goes the neighborhood. Oh, like he moves to like Beverly Hills or something, yes. and. He's like the only yeah, the nice. only black person there. Well, I mean, and and in fairness, we can probably take it on spec because it's Cedric, you know. Well, uh, yeah, the episode where Ti comes over to his house and gets arrested is going to be amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> cool. Well, what do you guys say we uh we call it a night? D Black, thanks so much for for being with us, helping to give us some perspective on these topics. Ah, oh, you're welcome. Yeah, thanks for uh, geeking out on some anime uh, with me. <laughs> that's that's pretty much a guarantee anytime D comes on the show. I am a giant nerd. <laughs> well, man, it's uh, yeah, it's good to have you back with us. And uh, yeah, the the new mic sounds great. Looking forward to, to hearing this episode all put together. So, um, heck yeah, and uh, let us know when your uh, your other podcasty stuff uh, kicks off. Looking forward to it, man. Yeah, I think he, uh, my brother's working on his, and he'll probably, I'll probably start posting that in places every so often. 
Yeah, nice. Cool. Well, we'll uh, we'll give you the signal boost for sure. Uh, meanwhile, you can help signal boost us by rating us on iTunes, liking our SoundCloud, uh, follow us on Twitter. We're at liquid underscore flannel. Brendan Williams, where can they find you? They can find me at Brendan Williams with one L. D Black Rabbit, you're also on Twitter. Yeah, I'm at uh, D Black underscore Rabbit on Twitter, but don't add me. <laughs> you, you're still using the handle D Black Panther, right? Hmm? No, Would I. You... Wait, hold on. I might be. If that that <laughs> handle faded away. Oh man! Oh, it's possibly the same. It's but oh. yeah, it's <laughs> Brendan's Brendan's making Brendan's making Avengers jokes here. <laughs> oh no! I finally caught I finally caught up, so I feel like the time has passed. Right. If I have seen it, the spoiler period is, is over. <laughs> and I am Matthew Hodges. You can find me on Twitter at MatthewGuay with the W. And you've been listening to the Liquid Flannel podcast. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week in Omaha. Next week in Omaha, my friends. Oh, <laughs> I can't handle it. <laughs>